What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show, and well, it is Tuesday. Missed Monday's recording, but that allowed us to watch the, the Warriors game before coming on to talk about some good old Wizards basketball. Damo, I said before, or I said on the last podcast that going out west here, you know, maybe you go two and three, maybe three and two. Um, well, that didn't exactly happen, and I said it could make or break the season, and I think that it broke it for us. Um, I, I, I don't see how we fight for one of the playing spots at this point. Like, the Hawks or the Hornets would have to tank. Like, they would have to just be awful over this last stretch of games. But I don't see that happening. So, for all intents and purposes, we are not qualifying for the playoffs this year. We are not qualifying for the play-in this year. And the worst part about it, and for the pro tankers, and I've been saying it for weeks, we have nowhere to tank to. We can lose all we want. Those other teams below us aren't just going to magically start winning, especially with the with the, the the gaps that we have in the standings. We're not catching any of these teams. I mean, we may catch one of them, but we're not dropping any. Well, dropping any higher, I guess if that's what you want to call it. We're not dropping any higher than to what we are now. So this is pretty much the the worst situation you can be in. You mix that in with not knowing what we have and. A head coach. Um, thank goodness Porzingis is still playing well because if he wasn't playing well, there'd be nothing good to talk about. It's just, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate, man. Like they've lost seven of their last nine. They're probably going to lose eight of their next 10 when we lose to Denver. Uh, and they still have not moved in the lottery standings at all because the Lakers, the Knicks, the Pelicans, they keep sucking. So <laughs> the Blazers, they all keep sucking. So it's like it's the worst case scenario. You know, we, we lose these games and, you know, it kind of kills morale. And then you still not even get any closer to, you know, getting a better draft pick to get some more talent in here. So it, it just suck all the way around, man. And, you know, you don't have I don't really know what they hold their head on at this point. Besides, you know, KP looks good. Or whatever it is they're trying to build for next year. Um, I mean, I really just don't even know what to say at this point. It's it sucks, man. You know, after the the ten and three start, you know, um, we thought, hey, you know, we know internally that we still weren't like the best team in the East or anything, but we figured at that point we'd at least qualify for one of the top six seeds. Everything goes to shit. We have to trade a lot of guys. I still feel pretty optimistic about the return on the Porzingis trade, and I thought that that would be enough to help us get some wins down the stretch, and I think it has, but um, everything, everyone else, for the most part, and the the coaching schemes, they, they haven't been up to par. And so now here we sit in purgatory with nowhere to go, up or down and now it's really time to start focusing on draft prospects you know lottery positioning off-season stuff because there's really no point in talking about this year anymore i mean we'll watch kp down the stretch of course we want to watch kuzma um 
the three young guys. Maybe they try and find Isaiah Todd some minutes somewhere. Um, they probably won't. I think they're still going to try and win games. But, um, man, Wes Unsell Jr. has been a hot topic on Wizards Twitter now for – I mean, I think – I remember early on in the year in our group chat, I said something about it. And I'm like, something just fell off. Like the the same coach that we saw in, at the at the beginning of the season, it just like something was wearing off. Something wasn't sitting right. And of course, it you know it was kind of like, oh, we're not going to do it, and all that. Like they're not going to replace him, and I'm sure they're not. But I think it is worth having another talk about Wes Unso Jr. Um, and it's not because like the team is bad or whatever like i could live with this record i mean again this is what we were projected around anyway right uh so so my biggest complaint with this is everything on the defensive side of the ball in the rotations rotation wise i thought we were going to be getting someone that was going to be a little bit more situationally aware was going to be a little bit more savvy in terms of making in-game adjustments with substitutions. And he's improved, especially with the um, the offense-defense substitutions at the end of games. Like, he's been doing that lately. At the beginning of the season, he was not doing it. Um, so he's, a, like, just an example of something that he's improved in as the season has gone on. It's that. But generally speaking, um, and we talked about it before we got on here, I think the some of the talent is being misused a little bit. Um, and without Beal in the lineup, I mean, there really is no excuse as to why you can't try and get some of these guys like more reps in certain situations. Um, but the defense, too. And the defense is so weird because I really thought that everything that he was saying, like, we're going to be defense first. And even in preseason, um, they were like, no, they didn't work much on offense, if at all. They just spent time working on defense. And you fast forward until March, when by then you should have your system down, and it looks worse than what it did at the start of the season. But I wanted to get your take on Wes Unsell Jr. and his season so far. I know that when we did the – the midseason grades that I think we gave him a C, but I think right now for me, it's probably closer to like a D plus, like maybe C minus range for the benefit of the doubt with the talent. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like, like you said, he was brought here as a defensive mind, um, particular in detail and how he approached, approached things game plan wise. So I thought, you know, his rotations and uh, his game flow was going to reflect that. And I, it just it just feels like the opposite. Like, it just feels like he goes into a game with a plan and he does not deviate from it no matter what. No matter if you hot, you can hit four or five shots in a row. If you set, if he got you set to play 20 minutes that night, that's what you're going to play that night. You know, it don't matter if you got an advantage on your matchup. Like, whatever he got set pregame, that's what it's going to be for the whole game, no matter what happens. Um, And then, like, I just don't understand how you can profess to be a defensive head coach 
and yet you start a Raul Neto. Like he he really trusts Raul Neto for whatever reason. And Raul Neto continuously, <laughs> regularly gets gets bucket scored on him. Not because he's not trying, but just it's just a physics thing. Like Raul Neto is not a guy that's going to uh do well against starting point guards that are bigger, that are six three plus, you know that are just going to shoot over top of him and move him out the way. Like, and then he does these weird flops and stuff where he just kind of just gets moved and it. It's just easy buckets for everybody. And I just don't see for a guy that's, that claims he's a defensive guy, like some, somebody like, like Thibodeau. And I'm not saying Thibodeau is the greatest coach in the world, but the rotations with Tibbs, like if you don't play defense for him, your ass going to the bench. Like he don't care how much money you make, what what how many all star teams you've been on. If you're not defending, and there's an issue, he will bench your ass. He had no problem sitting Kimball Walker right to the bench, right. And Kimball was supposed to kind of be you know the return home savior. He had no problem sending him to the bench. I just yeah. don't see that with West, and I don't know if it's a if it's a thing of whether he he he's choosing not to do it. Because he doesn't see it, deem it fit, or he wants to do it, but he doesn't have the power to do it, or he doesn't feel like he uh, can handle the backlash from the vets on it. If he if he made a, a a move like that, and it's just it's just unfortunate. But I think all in all, it's just equating to a, a bad defensive product, and I I really don't know. I don't know what the fix is for this season. Um, I think the fix isn't going to come until the summer. <clears throat> so if you were Tommy Shepard and you're you're looking at all the numbers, you're looking at the year as a whole. Uh, so take out like the well, they're not gonna fire him because it's only been one year thing. Well, like for you personally, if if contract wasn't an issue, um would you consider replacing him? Or would you just you think that he needs more time. I mean, it would be different for me personally if we were rebuilding because I think that would be a situation where you could be a little bit more okay with the growing pains because you're trying to build together. But I I think that the agenda is they want to try and win and put together a competitive team. And I just don't know if he's going to be the right guy for that sort of timeline. Yeah, I... I wouldn't I wouldn't fire him because I, I, I feel like there are some things with like I like the fact that he's a very detailed guy, that he's very, you know, he's kind of he's uh he's he's he says he's into, you know, analytics and, and things of that nature. I, I like the idea that we kind of went that direction. I, I just think he needs, you know, probably and this is probably the most important thing as far as head coaching in a, in a professional league, like you have to be able to lead men. You got to be able to manage egos. And I think they kind of forgot that part, Um, you know, because in Denver, I'm sure he didn't really have, I mean, how much static was he getting in Denver as an assistant there on a team that was winning and had an MVP on it? Like who was, who was bucking back at him about a role, you know, as, as the, he, the X and O guy, like, or defensive game plan guy, like, Nobody, he wasn't getting that static, so it was no way to know if he could handle that, you know. Yeah. And so, but so because you didn't know, you sh- that should have 
been okay. Well, we need to kind of empower him with another uh, respected veteran head coach as like an elite assistant, kind of like a good cop, bad cop. Like, you know, maybe Wes is the good cop. And then that lead assistant, you know, that's a former player or tenured in the league as a head coach. That's kind of the bad cop. You know, he could, he could, you know, some of that stuff with Trez and Dinwiddie and, and Bertans and holiday, all of that stuff. Send that on over to the lead assistant, you know, and you, and you pick your spots where you want to get involved to kind of quell it all. But I just feel like, you know, it was said earlier, like the, the, the inmates were running the asylum. I just think that's indicative of a first time head coach that, you know, doesn't know how to handle egos, doesn't know how to deal with other grown men that have alpha personalities. And that's a bad sign because that's that's probably the to me, that's probably the most important thing as a head coach is managing all of those different egos and personalities. Cause there's a lot of smart guys out here that go up and draw up a game plan and draw up a nice uh ATO uh play, but <laughs> um it you gotta be able to lead men. And uh, it just don't seem like that's happening right now. Um, At least we're still shooting the ball pretty well. Uh, Three-point-wise, we're still number one in the league since the the trade deadline at 40.8%. I think we're top six in free throw percentage. We are bottom of the league still in free throw attempts, and that's with Porzingis going to the line a whole bunch. So imagine if we didn't have Porzingis, we would be getting like almost probably no free throws. I could probably get Kuzma maybe a couple times a game, but that'd probably be it. Cause it seems like like KCP tries his heart out to, to draw fouls and, and he does sometimes, but just the way he moves his body and how he attacks the rim a lot of the time, it doesn't leave him vulnerable to drawing fouls. But, um, yeah. is there any, skill and you know, your best foul drawer is not on the floor and that's Bradley Beal. So, uh, and then, like you said, KP's on a minutes restriction, so you know he he's not getting thirty five plus minutes to really get you, you know, fifteen foul free throw attempts, crazy stuff like that. Like, so I don't see that as so much an issue. I mean, I know they're just looking at it now since the deadline. They got a top twelve offense, and part of that is what you said that they're shooting the ball much better. The ball is moving better, but they're twenty eighth in defense since the deadline. So their defense is even worse now than what it was before the deadline which was which was bad to begin with so uh yeah they 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 got some work to do man we're also last in rebounding uh since the deadline yep Uh, let me see where we sit on on oh yeah surprisingly well actually not surprisingly we're pretty high in assists um i think we're six three four five okay seventh in assists but that's still good you know um, to see the ball moving around, field goal percentage. We're sitting top five. Uh, we're top four. Or, no, we are. We are fourth in field goal percentage. Um, three point attempts. I think we're still bottom of the league in three point attempts. Yeah, we're fourth worst in terms of three point attempts still. Um, but looking at some of the the player stats here, the still. The yeah, 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 yeah. Since the deadline. Gotcha. All these numbers I'm telling you are since the deadline. Since I feel like that's more relevant. Um, well, it's probably not, obviously it's not as good of a sample size, but I feel like it's more relevant considering like these are the, the new rotations and everything after new guys have been 
acquired or let go or whatever. So um, three-point percentages now. Thomas Sadoransky shooting at 20. Denny Avdia is at 34, which is much better. Uh, Porzingis is at 35. He didn't shoot the ball well from three last night. Uh, Kuzma, 36. Kispert up to basically 38 now, which is really good. Um, Neto's at 40. Ishmith is at 42. Um, KCP, 47. And Rui Hachimura is still at 63%. So, we're still shooting the ball well, but circling back really quick to, to Wes Sunso Jr., now we can kind of tie Rui into this a little bit more. The guy's just not being used properly. Um, you can color this, paint the picture however you want. The The guy's not being used properly. I mean, even for the, the guys who are anti-Rui. I mean, you have to admit, after watching him the first two years and watching him now, I mean, they're not even being used. Like, he's not even being used remotely the same. Uh, and it's odd because this is a player that can get you, like, 16, 17, 18 points off of just like low, high post, mid-range shots. And now you add in his three ball to that. But it's like now all they want to do is use him as a spot shooter on the wing when he's much more than that. And on top of him not getting a lot of minutes, which for still reasons I just don't understand at this point. But, I mean, how do you... Do you think you'll fix anything with Rui, or do you think that maybe like how you were talking about earlier where Tommy and Wes don't see eye to eye on some things, you think maybe Rui is one of those things? Yeah, because I, 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 it just seems like there's a disconnect on what Tommy envisions uh, certain guys' role, play style looking like, you know, and kind of acquiring the ingredients. You know, a lot of, you know, long length height and he's giving it to Wes and Wes is just like, no, I'm going to play the miniature guys. Like I'm going to play Neto and ish 30 plus minutes. Kispert who, who gets hundred on defense, he's going to get 35 minutes. So it's just like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. And in regards to Rui, like, it's just kind of like, are they trying to turn him into auto Porter? Like what? I, like, I, I just don't, I don't understand. It's, He's a guy that kind of thrives. Well, last year, the, the last couple years, he's been a guy that's been more closer to the rim, running in transition, getting easy buckets at the rim, kind of being a, a really good finisher, dunking, uh, getting free throws, and then his mid-range game. And then it's almost like now they've just been like, okay, don't shoot the mid-range no more. Shoot only threes. And, and layups, but then they don't run any plays for him to get layups. <laughs> so it's like, so he's really, his shot diet now is just like mostly threes. Thankfully, he's hitting them, but it's just like, what 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 do you want him to be? Because I've always comped him to Tobias Harris, like kind of like a three-level score. He can score in the paint, he can score mid-range, and he can hit the three. Um, a guy that can get you 18 to 20 a night, Maybe six, seven rebounds. Um, but it just seems like they don't want him to be that. It's like they want him to be Macau Bridges or something. And it's just like, uh, he's not that. He's never going to be that. So if that's what you want or need, then you need to just trade him. It would be 
really bad if Rui was not hitting his three-point shots at this same clip because we would be talking about him right now the same way we're talking about Denny Obdia. Where it's like, you probably just shouldn't be in the rotation some nights. Which is sad. Um, but what have you thought about Denny's play recently? I know that you've been always... I don't. You're not anti-Denny, but I think that you're... You just don't see the the ability or perhaps some of the potential that a lot of the the fan base sees in him. And I think that we've seen a lot of those warts this season. While we have seen him flash in certain areas, and certainly I was very pro Denny Avdia during the the draft process. Um, I was ecstatic when he was there at nine and he ended up being the pick, but... Um, some of the, the things I thought he would fix, uh, particularly with his jump shooting, because I thought his mechanics are really good coming out and just he needed more reps. But you pointed to more uh, statistical stuff with the, how the free throw percentage maybe translates into you being a better shooter long term. And certainly his free throw shooting hasn't been good. Um, it, it wasn't good when he came out. It's still not good now. Uh, but what have you thought about Denny's play as of late? Yeah, I, I don't think his play, I'll just start with this. I don't think his play of late is a reflection of who he's going to be as a player or who he is as a player. Like, I still think he's going to be a solid pro. I'm just not convinced, and I've never been convinced that he's. anything you know um i just never bought into his skill set because when i just broke him down like skill for skill like he just wasn't a top 10 player to me in that draft like i would have took devin vassal over him and i didn't even like devin vassal like just for what the wizards needed just like a guy that was a good athlete can shoot the three play some defense like i just didn't see the skill set with denny he was six nine First of all, we already had Troy Brown on the roster who was already kind of trending in the wrong direction as a as a as a do it all forward, but couldn't really do anything great. Um, kind of played smaller than their size. I see I saw some of that same kind of skill with with Denny, like he's six nine, but short wingspan, not an elite athlete. Uh, offensively, there were some, there were some positives to his game, but I, I questioned the level of competition he was going against uh, in the league. I mean, because even in for uh, Tel Aviv, he was good. He put up solid numbers. I think he was he was the MVP of the league, averaged like fourteen a game, something like that, fourteen and seven. Um, but his shooting was still bad. Uh, and then when he went to the Euro League, you know, which is the second best pro league in the world. When Luka Doncic won MVP, he was a four-point-per-game player. He barely got in the game. So I'm just like, it wasn't like he was this to me, like he was this like Luka-level type protege that was just going to come right into the NBA and, and flourish. He was a project. And, right. you know, you looked at his free-throw shooting. I've never seen a player whose free-throw shooting was 
as bad as Denny's and turn out to be a lights out shooter in the NBA. And it was just like, okay, well, he doesn't have the shooting. I don't really see the the handle to kind of create his own shot. He doesn't have a midi game. He's not an elite athlete. So I'm just like, well, what exactly are we drafting? We're just drafting a guy that's six nine, and in in a you know has some some good IQ as a glue guy. But I didn't see. I just didn't really see the upside of it. Um, I, I still don't think he can be like a like a Kyle Anderson uh, or maybe a Nick Batum if he gets his shooting together. Uh, just kind of do it all, guy. But like I say, I don't think it's going to happen for the Wizards. It's going to probably be on another team um, because I don't know that they're going to wait on it and pay the money to keep that type of skill set. Uh, when you know they're going to be picking top ten, they're, the guy they draft this year is probably going to be a better offensive player than what Diddy is right now. So, college basketball stuff. When does March Madness start? It starts today, right? I mean, I know they just got done with the conference tournaments, but I think there's some games that start today, right? Either today or tomorrow. I'm looking at it now. It's a couple of them that kick off Thursday. Any on the start today, though? Uh, not sure. I know it's this week. Oh, no, it's oh, today. Oh. Yeah, I see it now. It's, it's a couple playing rounds. Yeah, that starts today. Oh wow! They to got see it. who gets to see who gets to be the 16th seed. That starts today, right? Well, they got Belmont and Vanderbilt. Belmont's twenty-five and seven. Vanderbilt seventeen and six. Princeton and VCU play. Um, Western Illinois plays. That's from my conference out here from North Dakota. Anyway. Um, what have you thought about some of the, the college prospects so far? Now, where we're projected to pick, I think it'll probably be the, 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 well, 10 range if we're lucky. Um, but probably around 11, 12 right now. So are there any prospects that, at that range that you like, or are you pretty much just like, all right, we need some lottery luck this year and we need to go to the top four. It's this. This is one of the. This draft is interesting because it. I don't think this draft is anywhere near as deep as last year's draft, um, or the years prior. Like I don't. I don't see like a. I don't see like a, a Desmond Bain thirtieth in this draft, right? Like it's it's some. Like at the top of the draft, it's a it's a lot of blue chippers, right? You know, the top four I think is pretty much we know who that is, you know, Paolo, Chet, Jabari, and then Jaden Ivey. Um, and then to me, it's a drop off after that. But then once you get past like the thirteenth best player, it's a real big drop off. Like that's when you start getting into the G League Ignite players that are all raw as hell, can't shoot. Um and it's just like, you know, it's not a lot of point guards in it. Tata Washington really like the only surefire lottery pick. And I don't even know that he's a lottery pick in another draft, in a previous draft. So it's just like, this was the draft the Wizards needed to get like a top five pick. But we're mm. probably once again going to be picking like in that nine to 12 range. And I just don't know what they do with that. It's, it's, a, it's deep at wing. Um, and we have a lot of them already. That's why I kind of say it's probably likely that 
then he may not be on the roster, uh, you know, by his second contract because I just don't see they're they're gonna they're gonna take another wing more than likely. What for the fourth straight draft? Because you had Troy Brown Jr. eighteen, Rui nineteen, Denny twenty twenty, Kispert twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty two. You're gonna take another wing, so that's five. That would be five straight wings. But they will have to do it in this draft. But I like the depth of this draft at wing. It's a it's some, it's some guys that can really, I think, contribute to the Wizards right away. Like it just depends on what they want. If they want shooting and athleticism, uh. Uh, the kid Benedict Matharlin from Arizona, that dude, man, uh, he's like a he like a Jason Richardson type a- bouncy athlete, uh, and can shoot it. Um, so you know he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be able to defend. Um, and he elevates so high on his jump shot. I feel like he's going. That's gonna translate to the league. Like you're not gonna block his shot at six seven with how high he elevates off the ground when he shoots it. And, like, as an athlete, he's like a, like I said, a Jason Richardson, like Jalen Brown type athlete and will put it on your head. So I like him a lot. Uh, I like Tari Eason out of, uh, I think it's LSU. Just an elite defender, man. Like, just long. Has that kind of, like, Robert Covington type length to him, athleticism. The question mark on him is his shooting. Um, so in that range, like, if, if they can get a type of wing like that that can just be impactful, defensively and maybe can shoot it a little bit i think that's a win but then it's just trying to figure out what they do with what they have now like are you gonna pay Rui? are you gonna trade denny like where does kisper fit in this so they they got some some questions (laughs) they gotta answer this summer for sure for kicks and giggles if for some reason we did go to the top four or even have the the number one pick. I mean, who would you be hoping for there? I mean, I'd probably go based off what I've seen. I'd probably go Jabari, but I know that some people are going to want um, Ivy and I get it, but I, and Chet, Chet's a little bit too frail for me coming out, but I, I think I would definitely go Jabari. It's funny. Cause I was playing, I was playing 2k with the wizards and I did a, my GM season sim. And I had the draft class loaded. Somehow I got the number two pick. <laughs> sure. And I had to I had to choose from 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 all the guys. And I ultimately went with Chet just because I felt like his defensive upside, he can kind of be like an Evan Mobley type impact guy like day one. Because defensively, he's gonna change your team. Um with his length. Yeah, he is frail, but so was Evan Mobley. Um, but I think he has the mobility. To, to, to switch out on the perimeter guard guys. Uh, he's so skilled with the ball offensively, man. I mean, anywhere on the floor, he's a bucket. He can do it off the dribble. You know, he's got touch around the rim. He can shoot it. He's crafty. Like, he's just he's just a really good player, two-way player. Um, Jabari, I don't know about his defense, man. Um, he's solid, but I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to change your defensive identity. Like, he's just solid. Love his jump shot, though. He he can definitely shoot the ball. Uh, Paolo, good creator at 6'10", 250. Jumper a little suspect. Defense is definitely suspect. Um, and then Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey would probably be number two for me because I just feel like he's going to be a dog in the league, man. Like, like dude is just – he's relentless. Um, 
you know, the way he can get down to the rim and create space and shoots the ball. He kind of reminds me of like Jamal Murray with a little bit of John Morant's athleticism. Um, so it would probably be between them two. Chet, if we going, if we going just two way ability, and then Jay Nivey, if we going like need pick, you know, just to put him at point guard because I do think he can play point guard um, in a more non traditional role. Do you think that Ivy would mesh with Beal, Kuzma, KP? Honestly, I wouldn't even care, man. <laughs> like, you're just that. You're just really, about, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get the talent. Let the rest. I'm gonna of get the talent, man. Out. I'm gonna get the talent. Like, yeah. get the talent. We figure it out later. Uh, but I, I think it could work, it, uh, especially with you know West, what he's trying to do to kind of mirror that system with Jokic from from Denver, where Jamal Murray is really not a traditional point guard. He's more of an off guard, and then Jokic is really their point guard. I think he could do something similar like that here, but more Kuzma would kind of be the guy that's kind of facilitating it. And then you would have KP playing downhill and, you know, off Bill, Ivy playing off the ball. Uh, I think it's something that could work. But, yeah, I, I, you take the talent and you just figure it out later. And, and Ivy's a pretty good shooter, no? Yes, he is. Okay. So I was just wondering because you – catch and off the dribble. Like, he, you know, he can get his own or he can catch a shooter. Only reason I asked is because you had mentioned, you know, you'd rather just get the talent. I was wondering if that would also pertain to to John Wall. But I guess if Ivy can shoot a little bit, then I guess that makes it a little bit more of an easier fit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but that's why I say that's why I kind of he kind of reminds me of Jamal Murray a little bit, like because he can he can shoot it off the ball. Like he doesn't have to just hoard the ball the whole time in order to be effective. Sure. Um, well, I think that'll probably go ahead and do it for us today, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't touch on. Yeah, I just hope, uh, man. I, I hope I hope West can commit to some some development these last few games. I want to see Rui, Denny, Kispert all play thirty plus minutes. Uh, I, I just I don't want to see Neto, KCP, and Ish Smith leading the team ever in shot attempts. Um, well, <laughs> I have a surprise for you. It'll probably still be the same thing they're doing now. Um, probably. Yeah, but it is what it is. Definitely get into more of the draft prospect stuff when we get closer to it being the end of the season. I think the draft lottery is what day is the lottery? It's like April. Let me see. At least it's. I thought it was in April, right? Or am I tripping? I'm not sure. No, it has to be in May. Let me see. I don't know. Anyway, I don't feel like looking for it. But anyway, all right. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us today, guys. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you are. Write us five stars and leave us a comment. Uh, we're going to try to do our Twitter space. When do we have games this week? I don't even know. I don't care anymore. Is it Wednesday? Oh, or, or is it it's either tomorrow or Thursday? It is tomorrow. Nuggets at home. Okay, so that's a 7 o'clock start time, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you want to just do the, the space after the game then? 
Yeah, we can run it. All right, so we'll just do our next Twitter space after that. Um, if you guys want to go back and listen to any of them, you have to dig back through my feed a little bit. But um, a lot of good talk in those Twitter spaces as well if you don't just like listening to the podcast and want to hear more Wizards talk. But other than that, it's where we'll leave it off today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.